Teresa, the host of You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. And I have a very exciting guest here tonight because she was on our live show, our first ever live show, um, but now she's back for a full episode. She has a spank playing at UCB um, in Los Angeles called Public Displays of Affection on August 20th. It's Nicole Conlon. It's me. Hey, thank you? you so much for promoting my show. Thank, yeah, I'm, that's awesome. Um, it's it's uh, You wrote it with your boyfriend. Uh, yeah, well, I wrote it. He punched you wrote it. it. <laughs> um, but he's the, yeah, he is the, I wrote it because he's a very funny actor and uh-huh. he does a lot of stand-up but uh it's you know a little bit you're hard saying to he's break. a shitty writer nicole is that's that exactly what, what i'm saying, saying? i'm saying wow. that my uh wonderful boyfriend is a, a terrible <laughs> well, writer um no the thing is he's a, honestly read, he's so a better no. writer than me <laughs> it's just like it's hard to get like into the sketch infrastructure mm. you know so it's like i'm sure you're both great writers how about that maybe thank you. it's yeah, not let's go about one person being I think better it's a than competition. the other maybe uh, it's about you're gonna become one one day and yeah. um it doesn't matter no <laughs> did the live episode that we did ever come out did it you did but it came it? out as a bonus episode maybe i'll Got release it again it, it came out on okay. patreon um but we don't do patreon anymore so oh. i don't know where it is um so it's, it's lost in the woods that was such a weird night Oh, yeah. It, it was, was like I had fun, but it was also very much like, what is this? It was a bizarre format for a show. Very happy to have been asked to do it. You yeah. Know, grateful for the stage time. What up? I'm doing two peace signs right now in, in my room. She is. I can confirm. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, the whole premise of the show was people doing like very short versions of their podcast. Yeah. So, it, But your podcast it, is all about like building intimacy over the course of an hour. <laughs> so doing a 15 yeah, minute version of intimacy. Well. Please be my friend. You have to. Um <laughs> Well, uh, I do like to start with a good confession. It's a way to get started on a positive note. Is there something good you want to confess? Um, yeah, I've been uh, kind of actually related to that sketch show is I've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of writing projects recently and I've just been cranking them out so fast. Yeah. I like I uh, I'm writing a series for Audible right now. And That's it's right. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's long. The contract is for like five to eight hours of content. And I was like, oh, this wow. is going to be a nightmare. And I'm like. I started a, like <laughs> two weeks ago and I'm like halfway through it. And nice. yeah. Hell and yeah. I, I, I'm taking like a week off of work to just do it. And I think yes. I'm going to just get it done. And I'm like thrilled that it's going so fast. I love it. I mean, your energy just like, it's very positive right now. So thank I you. Totally That's that. rare for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> That's what I said. Um, no, but yeah. Cause many you, others have said about me. <laughs> I feel like, out, like out of um, my comedian friends, you do seem like one of the most productive people I know because you're constantly like, um, you'll send out these emails sometimes mm-hmm. that'll be like, Hey, like if you guys have time to give me notes on this or I'm, I'm about to submit for something, you know, if you have time to yeah. send, this is due by tomorrow. If you can't, no worries. And I think they're so cool. I, I'm like, I feel like I always just like sit on things or, uh, I'll be like, it's almost done, but it's not ready for anyone to look at. And then I just like, won't touch it for years. So I feel like what you do is such a great idea. Cause it kind of forces you to be like, even if it's a work in progress, it's got to be at some level, like ready for eyes. Yeah. You know, honestly, this is embarrassing, but I used to, <laughs> I used to be the worst procrastinator until I read a book called, uh, oh, it's not Procrastination for Dummies. It's the other one. It's the Complete Idiot's Guide to Procrastination or whatever. The orange uh-huh. one, not the yellow one. Um, and there was this like one sentence in it that changed the way I do everything that was just like, uh, if you if it's if you like the thrill of just doing things fast towards a deadline 
instead of waiting to see how late you can start it, why don't you just see how soon you can finish it to the time that it was assigned? And ever since then, oh. I've been like, that's that's all it took for me to be like, oh, I can do that. That's like a fun race. <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. It just makes me write stuff as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. because then you kind of trick your brain into doing it. And then if you did want more time with it, you've got all this time on the tail end. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Sometimes it is a weird uh, mental thing where I'm like, oh, I could work on it now. I just got the assignment. But for whatever reason, I'm like it's due in two weeks. It feels weird to like start something as soon as it's assigned. But really, yeah. like what if you just did it as soon as it was assigned? Yeah. And it's been great practice because I just got so I, I was just camping for like a week and a half where mm-hmm. I was like, True camping, like in the woods camping, no phone, no email camping. Uh-huh, like and no bathroom? Yeah. There was some of the campsites that we did had bathrooms. Some of them didn't. Um, oh, multiple most of them, campsites. Yeah. So you're like backpacking. It wasn't backpacking. It was car camping, but it was like pretty okay. off the grid car camping. That's we had cool. <laughs> my group of friends that I went with did a backpacking trip a few summers ago that we like almost died. And oh after that, God. we were like probably not backpacking. again. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, you know, there's a reason we pay rent. Yeah, and exactly. Work, work for that. And, uh, yeah. Maybe um, outdoors is. Not- but I was on this like really off the grid camping trip that we'd been planning for like a year and literally not even two days before we left to go into the woods, probably like 36 hours. I got a packet. Oh man! In the mail, that was like not in the mail. In the mail, somebody yeah, mailed me a packet. No, I got a packet in my email that was like, "Hey, we're taking submissions for this show," and it was like a they reached out to me. It wasn't oh, like an great. SNL where like anybody can submit. That's it was two like good they wanted me. Already. <laughs> uh, I know I'm taking up my time with bragging. <laughs> um, no, please. But then it was just like, well, I'm gonna literally be in the woods until the due date. So oh, I was man. like, well, I guess I'll just turn a packet around in a day and a half and send it to you. And I did, which felt like a little bit of a flex. Being yeah. Like mm, everybody else is taking two weeks. It's actually better to get those things earlier. I think too. Having so been here's, the, the, here's another thing that oh, I learned. Yeah. What, my, an ex-boyfriend of mine used to run a comedy festival and mm-hmm. I helped him one year, like watch submissions for it. Yeah. And I can't tell you how much better it was for the comedians who got their submissions in early. Yeah, Cause we watched them as fatigued, it came in. Right? You just yeah. And so then I remembered all the first ones I watched and then like by the, the yeah. ones that were sent in at like 11 59 PM on the <laughs> deadline, I was like, I don't know. They're all the same so ever yeah. since that it was like that thing from the product or the procrastination book I read plus that experience of watching tapes and realizing that like all the early ones stuck with me more that I yes since then I've just been like try to get it done as soon as possible instead yeah. of as well as possible which is like maybe not uh, a good takeaway but well I think I a little bit of both but I think what you're saying because you've gotten so much experience that you can do something quickly that's up to standard. So I think when people say take the time, what they mean is like, don't rush it to the point where it's sacrificing mm-hmm. quality. But if you feel that it's like at that level, then yeah. like, yes, get it. We in should sooner. also emphasize that like I have written some cool things, but I, no one's hired me for a TV show or anything. I still work that's a catering you're, job. You're, uh, well, I, I know what you're saying, yeah. but I, I disagree with that because I think you're like, working in LA and there's so many people who and also totally fine if that's where you are but like there's people who dream about moving to LA and just being around and up for things and getting packets sent to them and so I'm like because I think that was me like three years ago I'm like how do I get packets it's still me me. every time I get one I'm like (laughs) it's like oh finally and then and then you know another six months goes by that's like well I guess I'll just send a bunch of cold emails and never hear back (laughs) Point anyway. is, you're, none of us are really ever going to be happy, and that's really the takeaway. <laughs> yes. When <laughs> I was in kidding. the woods, I was so happy. When I was like, nobody could email me oh if they wanted God. to. It was amazing. I, 
freaking love being I don't know why I just censored myself and said freaking that's not my personality as well maybe it is now I really tamed myself down I feel like I'm just like getting closer to 30 and I'm like really? noticing myself like censoring myself for no yeah. reason at all like When's all my friends are adults now in October oh mine's November oh I'm Ooh. great we should cool. uh, yeah, let's party yeah. we'll go all out for our um, 30th it is, oh you're turning 30 this yeah. year hell yeah um no it's just funny because I feel like when you're a kid most of your friends are kids and you try to be edgy and now I'm like None of my friends would care, but mm -hmm. I'm like way more tame now. I'm like mm -hmm. trying to be like censor myself around my friends. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to say freaking yeah. make sure, <laughs> you know, my shirts are my bra straps not showing if I'm at work, but I'm like, who the fuck cares now? Yeah. Like, nobody, there's nothing we haven't seen at this age. Like That's true. That's <laughs> nobody's going to see a thing and be like, oh, clutching my pearls. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, you know, but anyways, who knows? Uh, I guess I'm just becoming an old woman. No. Uh, <laughs> Why? Why did I start saying freak? Why, why? I really went off a tangent there. Yeah, I don't what remember. What was I trying to say? Um, um, I guess it doesn't matter. Um, well, look, play the tape back. Oh, just uh, I was in the woods and. Oh, it was oh, great I was saying why? Oh, yeah. So I was just saying the idea of like being away from my phone and shutting down. Like I, I was at the salon yesterday for mm -hmm. too long, and we had to reschedule this. And I apologize, but um, but your hair looks great. Oh, thank you so much. That's really all I wanted. We can shut down. I the get it because my. <laughs> People don't understand how long getting your hair colored takes. It's truly a day long affair. It was so long, but I didn't expect that. And, but I will say the one cool thing was like, I just had to be there and I didn't bring anything to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'll just be off the grid. Yeah. I mean, I was on Instagram a little bit, but for the most part, I was like, cool. This is what, just where I'm going to be today. And I don't yeah. need to be reachable. And it was really, really nice. It's great. So my camping is just getting my hair done. Um, <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> it's really a wilderness out there. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So we do talk about therapy on this podcast because this is a podcast loosely inspired mm -hmm. by therapy. Um, I know you've talked about it on stage, mm -hmm. uh, but just for our listeners, what's your relationship with therapy? Like, do you go? When did you start going? Do you like it? I'm super in therapy and <laughs> I love it. It's, I started going, uh, in 2014 when I was working at sports illustrated. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started going for, uh, anxiety and I was having panic attacks and stuff the day that I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to be <sighs> in therapy. Cause people like close friends had been like, I think you might need to talk to somebody for a while. And I was like, no, oh, I don't. <laughs> and then one day I was supposed to go to a Fleetwood Mac concert and I had this, I had a huge panic attack oh, and no. I was like, well, I just can't go outside for a while. Oh, uh, man. And so then I like spent all this money on tickets. I didn't even use and that kind of stuff. And so then I had great insurance at the time through, um, Sports Illustrated, and I uh, just picked a therapist who was like close to my office yeah. that was covered by my insurance, and I stumbled into like the best therapist oh, in the amazing. world, and it was amazing. And then when I moved, I had to try to find another therapist, and yeah. I was like, it's going to be that easy again, and then it wasn't. <laughs> it was a lot of trial and error. Uh, and then now I see somebody uh, who's wonderful, and she's mm -hmm. uh, we're still. I mean, I saw my old therapist for like three or four years before oh, I wow, moved cool. and so we like had built a rapport and so my new therapist and I are still like getting on the same wavelength but she's great she's all the way in Santa Monica which is such a headache oh but that's far it's far but uh fortunately I'm never traveling at rush hour so it's not uh -huh. that bad but um yeah she's great and I go every week uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I do photos <laughs> in her bathroom every week because she That's has right. a wall in the bathroom that is painted the same color as a green screen. That's so funny. It's Those insane. Are so fun. Thank you. Um, yeah, that that uh, it's hard to like start over. I feel like that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons. I think I do need to find a new therapist. But that's one of the reasons I haven't fully leaned into it because like she's fine, but mm -hmm. I feel like we hit a wall. 
Um, but I just started group therapy and I really like that therapist. So I'm doing that for the next, like, I mean, it's like a six week program. So I'm like, okay, I'll just do that. And then I'll look for another one-on-one yeah. therapist. Um, it is. Yeah. I think it's important, but it's also okay to take breaks, mm-hmm. which I guess technically I'm in one now. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's great. I, I, I mean, I, I do know that you talk about it a lot, so I think it's, it's really healthy and good. I think every, it's definitely helpful for listeners to hear cause I, we've gotten messages where people are like, I really want to go, but it's like really hard to start. Mm. And like, I'll just listen to this podcast. I'm like, okay, well that's great. But also you should talk to a medical professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I still have breakdowns. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think it's helpful to go. It's just like, like if you're, even if you're not like struggling or whatever, yeah. I think it's just nice to have somebody who like is paid to be objective about your life and yeah. doesn't like want anything from you or that you don't have to try to impress. Cause even if like in the times of my life when I'm doing fine, I like still go to therapy yeah. for just maintenance. Cause it's like, <laughs> I can only talk to my friends about like how I feel bad about how stand up is going like, <laughs> so many times or like how I, uh, you know, uh, She's like, why won't Hot Tub book me? No, yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Although they have booked me. They're very uh, nice. Um, oh, yes. I would know. Yeah, as an example. But yes, I was there. Oh, yeah. Side. You were you there. Um, yeah. Hot Tub's a great show. Um, go check out Hot Tub. Yeah, go check it out. This, this podcast sponsored by <laughs> Hot Tub. Um, <laughs> live uh, no, shows man, just there's, start a, there's another like kind of cool show that I, I won't name. It's not going to be one that anybody's thinking of. But <laughs> the person who runs the show, I ran into this person recently. Uh-huh. Uh, and he just went, Oh, Hey, good to see you. Are you still doing comedy or what? And I wanted to be like, yeah, people still do comedy when you don't book them on your show. By that, I'm sure that was just like your arbitrary general impression. That was a terrible impression. But the impression that you did, I'm not going to say the name, but it made me think immediately of a person. Yeah. We'll talk later, but it's, it's for sure not who anybody on this Uh podcast would be thinking of. That's fine. None of these, none of my listeners care about stand-up I think well they might yeah. that's not true but a lot of them I think when I talk about stand-up are like what are you talking about and that's fine you that means you live a blessed life yeah <laughs> um <laughs> no but I think that's like all the little weird neuroticisms and insecurities I have during my day like I do think like you're right like sometimes you don't want to tell your friends everything mm-hmm. like I personally want to tell my friends everything yeah but then your friends start not wanting to talk to you all the time. I think the other <laughs> thing that's valuable about a therapist is like a lot of time my friends will try to make me feel better and my mm. therapist doesn't. And yeah, you just listen. It's yeah. not about like fixing it right away because life yeah. is not just And also be... there's times that I will tell my therapist something that's like, oh, I feel bad about this thing that I did and she'll be like, yeah, you probably should. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like having to reckon with that yeah. is like, I think, better for me than mm-hmm. just my friends being like, probably wasn't that big a deal. Don't worry about it, you know? Yeah, I think we go into, like, fixing mode when mm-hmm. you hear from your friends and family about something that's wrong. But I think that's a natural, like, defense mechanism because yeah. you're like, oh, someone I, like, care about is hurting, so I will try to fix mm-hmm. it. But sometimes they just want to be like, I'm hurting, and I will be hurting because my reason for hurting is valid. Mm-hmm. So, like, just let me tell you yeah it's almost like yeah if you like scrape your knee you just want to tell someone like i scrape yeah. my knee so be careful around my knee or whatever yeah they can't be like well let's let's go get surgery right now we'll chop it <laughs> off and you're like no i, I mean it's gonna heal it's right just, just maybe don't i can't play soccer or whatever you know yeah 
but you love soccer, Teresa. <laughs> you know me, notoriously love soccer. I never. I remember soccer was contentious when I was a kid mm-hmm. because all the cool people got to play after school soccer. Mm-hmm. I feel like you were someone who got to play after school soccer. Um, <laughs> I was a very disagreeable, stubborn kid, and oh, really? I didn't want to do anything. But you were very. I feel like you were very athletic. I didn't really and get athletic until after college. Oh, um, I played golf. Oh, uh, I played at, uh, at, at the NYU? behest of my dad. No, I wanted to play at NYU because by then I had like grown up enough to like like it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they told me that my class schedule didn't work with the golf practices, so I didn't get to do it. Oh wow! I uh, I mean NYU athletics were kind of a joke, but I yeah. made the or I tried out and I made the cheerleading team at NYU and I was on it for a day and then I also got on. Um, this is how nerdy I am. I got on the uh, residential council, like, or, uh, you were I guess like a it's called RA dorms or whatever. Yeah, it's called dorms, but at NYU, there's a weird thing where you're not allowed to call it dorms. You have to call it residence hall. So it's the residence hall, like, were we leadership not allowed to council. Call them dorms? I guess just yes, if you work because there, dorms you know. is where you sleep, residence hall is where you live, and t- in order to create a community. <laughs> listen, I had the training. Okay, it's embedded in me. Sure. Um, NYU is all about fostering community because there is no campus and a lot of people kill themselves when there's no community. In the library. Yeah. So that was the big thing. I didn't, that was a nervous laugh. That was, I didn't think that was funny, but, um, (laughs) for clarity, but yeah, so we call it residence halls because there's a big part of like creating Mm -hmm. that community and safety and security. Um, but that being said, so I got on our, uh, residence hall, like student council Mm -hmm. basically as the treasurer. And it was like, you can only do one. And I chose that. (laughs) instead of cheer but I'm really glad I did because then I became an RA which gave me like two free years of housing so yeah really at the end of the day I'm not a good person I just like to save money um (laughs) so that was that was what happened I don't know anybody who became an RA because they were like I really want to help people (laughs) no I mean yes yeah Yeah. no I did I'd really do like uh I really liked my experience as an RA but Mm. yes I realize it makes me sound like an arc um and that I was so it's fine. I'm still that person. <laughs> I feel like I'm still the person who is like, oh, if you just like talk about your problems, people will listen. And yeah. then sometimes you bring up problems. People are like mad at you for yeah. bringing it up. Like if I'm like, oh, the way you said that made me uncomfortable. And in my head, I'm just like, la da they'll yeah. just fix it. And we'll go on being friends. And yeah. sometimes people are like, you're always complaining. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you got to keep some things to yourself, Teresa. Yeah. Anyways, just accept people's flaws. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, speaking of accepting things, mm-hmm. Nicole, is there anything you would like to tell me? Sure. Um, <laughs> I think I think that uh, in sort of a roundabout way, I think I may have been the inciting incident for this girl I knew in high school to eventually get into heroin. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's many... Um, there's a lot of questions I have yeah. when you say that. I mean, was it a direct moment that made you think that? There, so there was a thing that happened. Uh, I don't know how soon you want me to get into the story or how much you want to okay. like, ask questions Well, let's first. start from, uh, yeah, well, let's start from uh, where you think the beginning is. So who was your relationship with this person? So she was cool. She was like the cool girl in school. And, okay. and she was like, my high school didn't really have the dynamic of like movies. There weren't like the one group of popular jocks and uh-huh. the nerds or whatever, which I think is pretty common now. I don't really know anybody who had like that high school dynamic. Yeah. But um, she was like the cool girl from movies who was like edgy but pretty. Like and she walked in slow mo down the halls. Yeah, a little bit. But she was like, she was like, you know, like. Uh, real alt and she was into cool <laughs> bands and she could draw she was so artsy and she was like gorgeous and like 
every boy who I was in love with was in love with this girl. <laughs> um, and she was like, cool. She was always very nice to me. She was uh-huh. always the girl that I wanted to be. I just thought she was like, and it, she was cool in a very like uh, 2004 way okay. where it was like the arm warmers and two sure. belts she had a and like, like all that <laughs> kind of stuff yeah um and so she was like very very cool and she knew she was cool um and uh i i like wanted to be her friend but i'm horrible at making new friends and i just sort of like <laughs> lurk still to this day if there's like a cool girl that i want to be friends with i can't just be like we should hang out i have to like kind of stand close to them and like <laughs> stare um but um, so she was like legitimately great. Uh-huh. Uh, not, not like a mean person either. Like very nice, but like cool. Uh, and, uh, our sophomore year, we were, um, paired together in a group project, uh, for a history class. I won't use this person's name because, okay. uh, I looked her up recently and it seems like she's kind of gotten her life together and I, Oh, great. You know, nobody needs to Google this person. Good. So we know it's not sad ending. So that's it's good. not sad. Um, but, uh, uh, we were in a history class together, uh, AP us history with Miss Burns. Wow. Who fucking sucked. Brag. Um, yeah. You guys jealous? Um, well it, it was, my school was like, uh, it was like a weird mix of like, kids who lived close to the school because it was a public school and uh-huh. then they had like an IB program which is why we were oh, all there okay. and this girl uh I gotta make up a fake name for her uh, I'm gonna call her um uh based on the title of this book here uh Virginia, Virginia. <laughs> this girl Virginia what is the book I have it's the children's book of virtues oh okay gotcha virtues, I was I'm like do go I have Virginia. a Virginia Wolf book there I, was like, I don't think no. so um so this girl Virginia uh-huh. uh, and I were paired together in a class, and she had come. She had like a, like a, you know, similar socioeconomic background to me, okay. where she was like fairly well off, um, uh-huh. and came from like a different district to go to this school. Um, and we were paired together, and she was like already kind of hanging out with like the cool, edgy kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, we had this assignment. And this horrible teacher, Miss Burns, was like, uh, like, didn't give us any leeway on it. And we ended, she and I ended up making up like a video project. I remember for it, and so we brought it to school the day that it was due. Uh, and like, whatever, you know, we were fourteen. I didn't know mm-hmm. how like file formats worked and stuff. And so whatever version <laughs> you didn't we brought know in, file like, formats at uh, fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, we weren't cool. We didn't learn about dot mobs versus dot uh, mobs. you know dot mp4s um about codex come on <laughs> um <laughs> we like edited it in the video camera i think and so we brought it in whatever file format i brought it in like didn't play on this teacher's computer so i was like oh okay i'm really sorry i'll bring in a you know a version that works tomorrow and i did bring in the version that worked tomorrow and this teacher was like oh well you get a d on the project because you brought it in a day late and when we were like no 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 hold on a second we brought it in on time and she like just wouldn't have it and she had this she was like a real stickler and uh she had this rule that like if you got a good score on the ap us history test at the end of the year then she would just give you an a in the class my teacher did that too for ap us history i wonder if they're all in some sort of cult together maybe um but uh ultimately this led to both of us getting like a d or a c in the class and so for I just one project for one project. This teacher also sucked. why is there I blame vi- Miss Burns for this? Why are there video 100%. projects in AP US history? I feel like it's a I pretty standard. Um, it was it was the kind of thing where it was like you can do a project however you want to do it. Just yeah. explain how the War of eighteen twelve worked or whatever sure. it was. Um, 
So we did a video that didn't work. And uh, so at that point, we were both sitting on like a D grade in that class. Mm-hmm. And so I just like studied a bunch for the AP and US history class. And then she started doing heroin. Uh, uh, no. Exactly. <laughs> and she was like, well, I do think it was sort of like, I think she was like already kind of on the way out of like nerd kid stuff, nerd uh-huh. kid IB stuff anyway. And so I think that whole experience was so bad. And Wait, so really? She, it was and because she was of like, this? She was like so over it that she was like, whatever, I'm just not going to like bother with school anymore and she kind of like started hanging out with these other kids who I actually still talk to sometimes and are also I think like good people but like within a few years like like got real into like very hard drugs wait really I I was kind of joking I thought there was something in between but I mean there must have been like obviously me handing in our group project a day late didn't go like straight to heroin was she but but she was visibly something shifted you could feel it I think so. I, I mean, she was still very cool and like obviously like didn't blame me, I don't think, even though it was like my job to turn it in on time. I think Ms. Burns' whole thing was like, you should have given me something. You should have given me, you know, the script for whatever stupid video you wrote, uh, which again, so stupid. Um, and then I think she was just like so disillusioned by like the the true opinion that she had that Mm. like that is a stupid way to run a class that she was like well I'm not going to take her seriously if she doesn't take me seriously and then I think that sort of led her to like hang out with these other kids who I don't even think are like bad kids in the movie sense um but they all started doing heroin at the same time and she at 14 no it would have been because she got pulled out of school I remember uh, so it would have been like maybe 17 or 18. Okay. Oh yeah. Cause 14 is pretty young to be AP US history is a junior year class. It was sophomore year at our school. So wow. she was, so we were like 15 when that happened. And then, uh, Whoa. Oh wait. Like, you're, okay. This was Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Maybe and every state's different. Probably. Uh, and then like a, f- like within, like by the time high school was over, I remember I was such a like goody two shoes that I didn't even realize kids were doing drugs at my school. What? Um, and so I remember finding out like, the summer between high school and college that like a bunch of kids were doing heroin and everybody was like, yeah, what do you think happened to this girl, Virginia? She's not, uh, that's why she's not here anymore. Uh, And she, I think like overdosed and ended up in the hospital and had to do a few stints in rehab. Um, Oh man. Yeah. And, and so I don't think it's like my fault that that happened, but I do think like this weird point of like, Mm. not even negligence, but like, (laughs) like not being like really on top of sounds this. like it was completely your fault Nicole. it was my fault definitely uh, oh yes. i forgot to mention when i turned in the project i also you had was a like needle. we got the project in here have this heroin yeah. uh virginia um but the real I have question to go back is and listen to this and make sure i don't <laughs> actually use her name <laughs> anywhere the this. real question is did you get a five on your ap no I'm just kidding. i did <laughs> I did. When you I said I went AP. back and studied, I'm like, oh, I'm sure she succeeded in this class. <laughs> yeah, I did fine. And she and I like studied together a little bit, but I could tell that there was like a a correct recognition in her that it was insane that we had to like jump through all the all mm. of these hoops. You know, no. um, I I think it's so interesting that you connect your uh, turning this into her going down this path of heroin. Um, and I'm sure it was a little thing in the grand scheme of things, but I guarantee if you asked her her side of the story, it would be like something totally different. hundred percent. It like, would well, definitely, my would mom not even was, you know, this. an alcoholic and yeah. then I didn't want to come and then it'd be like this whole, and then the, the class thing would probably just be so small. Yeah. But that's interesting because we do hang on to things like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and you do, you probably noticed her shifting and maybe, well, I wondered if I mean, part there was of- definitely a noticeable, like she was, she was like 
this is bullshit that this is happening. And if they are not going to treat me with respect, then I'm not going to bother with any of this program. Um, Did a part of you feel guilty um, when like you started seeing the shift? Like what was that like? A little bit. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's like one of those things where like, she was already kind of hanging out with these kids who were my friends and who I still like, you know, mm-hmm. wish happy birthday to you on Facebook or whatever. Um, so how come you didn't get involved with them on that level? Like my mom would have killed me. But so you knew they were <laughs> doing drugs and you just be like, all right, I'll I don't catch think I had later. like a really good sense of it until like, uh, probably after I graduated, but I knew that uh-huh. there was like a group of kids who were real cool and hung out, at, hung out with me at school, but that I wasn't hanging out with after school. Gotcha. Um, and they were, uh, I was like, man, I just wish I could be cool like those kids. A lot of kids who were into like, like real sensitive artist types who like, (laughs) like shopped at Hot Topic, but like listened to Bright Eyes. A lot of them were like great artists and like could draw really well. I remember. Uh That's um, so Colorado that the, like the popular kids were like Hot Topic. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily say they were popular. I think if you asked another kid at my high school, they would have been like, yeah, the, you know, fucking cross country team is like we were (laughs) such a big high school that it would have like if you were the popular kid in high school, you would have been like a minor celebrity just because the school was so big. big. Did you have like prom queens or a homecoming? queen? We did. uh, My friend Didi, I think, was the prom queen. And she was like, was like that group still. Nope, different group. Oh, wow. uh, she was like a she's like getting her PhD in physics at Harvard right now. She oh, was wow. always like very smart and very funny. And then I think Brad Clark, who is now <laughs> I think a firefighter, uh, <laughs> and his mom was a librarian. I remember. I think he was prom king. I don't know. It, it was hmm. like really there were a lot of like little groups, but there wasn't like in the movie sense like the popular. Sure, kids. people just, just left each other big. alone and did their own thing. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, but you okay? So it's still I, I'm still curious about how you jump from um, this test to being like I'm responsible for this because I wonder if there's a was there any moment when you saw this happening that like you were like maybe I should say something or should I reach out to her and hang out or did you we like, never had that relationship we were never that okay. close she was always somebody who I really wanted to be friends with and just there was a part of me that just fundamentally was not cool enough to did be you her feel, best friend you did know? you even feel um, was there a disillusionment moment where you're like I don't want to be her best friend anymore she's cray cray Maybe. I think as I matured, I definitely got to the point. Like, she had a for sure manic pixie dream girl quality to her uh-huh. that was like, you know, I want to be cool like she is cool, but if we hung out, like, what would we talk about, you know? Yeah, um, okay. It's almost like the there's she's an idea for you. Yeah. Of like, if I'm Which I think she her. was for a lot of boys in our high school as well, um, <laughs> including, like, the person who I'm pretty sure ultimately like introduced her to heroin so heroin was her her like the way you were her she was for you was what heroin was for her because she was like Maybe. who do I look up to <laughs> I want to hang out with something that promises me happiness yeah but can give sure me nothing. sure <laughs> um but yeah it's like I said like I don't think it's like my fault but uh yeah. it I think that like her story was ultimately gonna lead to mm. heroin no matter no, what it but, like but the in D a was really bit, the thing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In a, but in a little bit of a cabin in the woods sort of way <laughs> I think there was like perhaps a number of like potential starting points for that story and I think yeah. the way that it happened to happen was as a result of like this really minor thing of not getting a group project in in time do you believe in fate or like what do you yeah I okay, do you believe in fate no 
What? I'm a very, uh, the universe has no meaning. Oh, has Everything no meaning. is random chance and chaos okay. sort of person. Interesting. Um, because the way you talked about like this little thing leading to this thing, it's not necessarily fate per se. I don't know if that's the right word, but like the idea of like having sort of these different paths in the universe you can mm-hmm. take. And then like, uh, I guess, but this is like meaning, but then you like little moments like that, that feel little mm-hmm. kind of impact the rest of your life. Yeah. It sounds like, that sounds like what you're saying, but then if it has no meaning, then really they're all just random. And yeah, I mean, I think, it, yeah, I think it is like, like for her, she was always going to like get into heroin ultimately. Cause yeah. she was hanging out with these people already. Uh, and, uh, it may have like expedited the process a little sure. bit, but, um, like if she was having a great day and doing well, could have easily been like, you know what? I'm going to go celebrate my A and I'm not going to go hang out. And that was the day all her friends Maybe. tried heroin and or then- or i think more so what would have happened is like i think it was just the fact that she was she was really cool and really smart and mm-hmm. she was able to identify that we were in a bullshit situation sure and in a very like movie cool girl way she's like i'm not gonna do what they want me to do and and, and they like, don't want me to do heroin so. <laughs> no i think you're making too direct a connection between this and heroin i know I'm just it kidding. was like seven steps where she was yes. like i'm not gonna try to mm. continue to be in this program yes. with the smart nerds i'm gonna hang out with the cool friends that i have yeah. who like are able to appreciate my innate Coolness. skills and coolness like because she was like i said she's a good artist she yeah. was smart she was really funny um the she- disillusionment started there but it wasn't the thing i mean i sometimes yeah. think about that because i was in nowhere near like that but i was in um like a gifted program when i was in sixth grade and it was all these like quote-unquote smart kids but i really wanted to be cool and uh-huh. i wasn't cool i wasn't like your friend or uh schoolmate or whatever i wasn't yeah. cool but i really wanted to be and so i would try to kind of like separate myself from the gifted kids Mm -hmm. whenever there was like any um big school like assembly or something where we were allowed to like hang out with the others i would really try to like make friends Mm -hmm. um to the point where i did kind of like just get get distracted and not focus very much on school and i still did okay but i really think like there are a couple moments where i feel like if i had to supply myself and like forgotten about being cool i probably could have like a lot of my classmates in those programs went on to be like take classes at the high school early on and then take classes at college and Mm -hmm. then go to like ivy leagues and i'm like you know what did i fuck it up that because i just wanted to be cool in sixth grade i think about that all the time in terms of like when i started doing like little writing and comedy projects in middle school and high school i was like writing stuff yeah and i started doing like weird character videos which people who know me through comedy I sort of notoriously like am bad at characters and don't do characters. Uh, people used to make fun of me for that, like in my college, like uh-huh. comedy stuff all the time. And I remember, but could recently, that be a narrative you're putting on yourself? Because well, so I remember that I used to try to do it. Like I started having like sort of baby whisperings of like doing character work in high school. And I remember some of those cool kids being like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so I just stopped doing it. And now like trying to get into the biz or whatever. It's like, fuck, if I had a character portfolio and if I had not like shied away from that, that would yeah. have helped so much with other stuff. Um, well, yeah. Cause that, the whole idea of like putting a narrative on yourself. I mean, there, w- when I first started doing improv, I just, because there were so many types of comedy, I just said, I don't do stand up. I just said it. And I was mm-hmm. like, so now I will just focus on improv because the possibility of one day wanting to do it and, and then maybe not being good. It was easier for me to just cut that um, possibility off, which mm-hmm. is funny to me now. Cause I'm like, I do do stand up. Been pretty good at it. But I yeah. at one point I was like I hadn't even really tried and I was like I'm just going to say that's not my thing. Yeah. I'll never be good at it. Yeah. And it became this like sort of narrative for mm-hmm. a while. But 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I know what you mean. Sometimes it's easier to just be like, oh, maybe I'll focus on something I'm good at now. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if I really still want to do it, I'll come back to this. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. 10 years pass and it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm almost 30. I yeah. guess I probably should have focused on some of these other things a little bit. <laughs> well, and then you start to see people who are also not good at it start and keep doing it for yeah. years and years. And you're like, eh, I was better than them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but now every, I'm not because no. I haven't been doing it for years and years and they have. Um, wait, something you said made me, I wanted to ask, but I'm forgetting. Okay. It was when we were talking about like fate or, uh, gosh, I can't remember it now, but it made me, I was curious about your, uh, worldview. Mm-hmm. Damn it. I'm forgetting. Well, I, I'm curious, I guess in general. Okay. So what is there? What you don't, you think everything's meaning, meaningless. And yeah, why, I why mean, is I that? I mean, it's like, uh, like it's. Phrasing it like that does make me sound like a, like a petulant high schooler who's like, nothing means anything, man. But it's like, I don't necessarily think that, like, I don't believe in, like, predestination. Uh-huh. Um, I Does I, it make you feel better knowing that nothing really matters? Or does it, like, make you feel like dread? Um, I think a lot of times it does. I think, I think, um, I think it makes me feel better when, like, really unconscionable things happen. To mm. be like, there isn't a like There's a no- reason for this it's just a horrible thing that happens uh-huh. and there it, it's not like I need to like be like well everything happens for a reason because it doesn't sometimes like horrible things happen and they're allowed to just be horrible without trying to like tease out some kind of meaning from it um I do think like we talked about therapy earlier I think yeah. a lot of what I talk about in there is like a lot of times things feel like they don't matter sure um and there is like I find a lot of the times that if I'm doing something I really want it to have consequences and I really Mm -hmm. want it to mean something and I really want something to be good or bad at the end of it and a lot of times things work out just fine yeah and I think that like if like if something like if I fuck something up and then it turns out like not really that big of a deal like on the one hand great no real consequences but on the other hand then nothing matters. <laughs> then why do anything nothing oh makes i see a difference. Nothing yes matters you're yeah i feel like you're pulling really really far back like you kind of like really high up yeah i do have view. a tendency to like uh look at things as like a little bit of a synecdoche where like one piece represents the whole uh-huh um, which if you haven't seen the movie synecdoche new york I haven't. Great I guess movie. I should check it out. Well, okay. Real I, Charlie Kaufman head over here. I, I liked the adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he's very heady. Um, okay, I, I really like, I don't think I believe in predestination, but something you said about like, oh, something, everything that happens doesn't have to have a reason. Mm-hmm. But I think that's totally up to the person who is happening to, because it's not that it necessarily has like a higher meaning or mm-hmm. like a God or whatever planning things. But if you let everything in your life affect you and you try to do it positively, then in hindsight, everything will have a reason. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that someone's writing the script. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I've been trying to do that more now where it's like instead of letting like weeks go by and then be like, all right, what do I want? And like every day I try to be like, what's my goal today? Mm-hmm. And then every little thing that happens, if it's good or bad, I'll be like, okay, and that's going to affect me to do this next thing. Yeah. It's almost like a video game where, like, you walk up to it. Like, it, like every person you meet. Sometimes it's a useful philosophy to have. Like, if we talk about, like, packets again. Um, <laughs> like, I get a lot of packets for shows that I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to write for, but that, like, I'm so desperate to get a job, to get a sure. foot in the door. That's like, I mean, I'll do this packet for 
this show that I don't watch and I don't like. If you're thinking about sending a packet uh, to me for your show, I love your show. <laughs> I watch it every day. Um, please send me packets. Uh, but, but, see, uh, but if it but doesn't... When, but then, like, when I don't get those things, I think it's helpful for me to be like, good. Oh, oh, that oh, this see. will allow me to be on a show that I love or, yes. like, make work that I really like. Like, I'm bummed not to get hired for a job, but this is now an opportunity for me to do something better. And uh-huh. I, I don't know that I would consider that, like, fate or predestination or whatever, because I'm sure when I finally do get a job, it'll be fucking for, uh, you know, some prank show. Bill Maher. No. Yeah. Uh, look, Bill Maher, call me. Um, <laughs> I am desperate. Um, but, uh, like, I think, I think that looking at retro, like, looking at things, like, retrospectively like that can be helpful well have you ever had a shift like the one you're describing with virginia where like something happened you're like well this was the start of a change in my personality that like i never went back to um i mean i I know you talk about the characters thing but i guess i'm like i'm curious if because some of this and you can correct me if i'm wrong some of it feels like there's a little bit of projection onto what her life ended up being maybe so i'm curious if there's something that happened with you where you were like oh and then I went down this path and kind I, of I mean uh I went to grad school and that was like a huge mistake oh really <laughs> yeah um and that was like a, uh you know um but that was like um because I remember you moving out here for it and you mm-hmm. and that seemed like a really cool thing that you're doing but you'd seem you like it feel like <laughs> Why do you think it's a mistake? It, uh, you know, I mean, it's not a, like this is, again, that like reframing thing that we were just mm. talking about. It wasn't a mistake in the sense that like I wouldn't have moved to Los Angeles if I didn't have a reason to move. Uh, uh-huh. And that gave me a reason to move. And I think my life in general is probably better out here and probably making more progress career wise out here. Uh-huh. Uh, and I could have just moved from New York at any time and should have. Says the girl who just got an auto bowl. Years ago. Grind, and you're like, <laughs> No, to be fair, I got that through a festival well. in San Francisco, <laughs> so I could have done that from New York. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but but I like uh, you know my life is better out here, and I wouldn't have moved without a reason. Uh, and so moving uh-huh. out here was good. Uh, the other thing it did for me is like it really taught me like oh I can't do anything but TV. Like I really can't be mm. happy doing. I mean I think I could be happy like doing like a catering type job or like a real day job, day job for the rest of my Uh life and just living my life outside of work. But I don't think that there is like a career I see that will make me happy. Like a day job just to fill the time, but it's not like you're like, I could see myself really being like the number one scientist or whatever. Yeah. I can't really see myself doing anything other than like TV in some capacity. But to me, that seems like a very positive thing to have learned about yourself. It's a very positive thing. And I think it didn't need to take two years of my life, (laughs) um, you know, a spot that another deserving person could have had in that program uh, to figure that out. But now that's going to be a skill that you forever have. And uh, kind of, I mean, like, uh, this isn't like, I think the program was kind of a joke. I think it gotcha. like, lacked academic rigor. It wasn't mm. that hard. I feel like I didn't get a lot out of it. Uh, it's uh, Were you I'm in like an IB program by any chance. I was. It like- I was. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like it's it's wanting things to matter, uh-huh. you know. Uh, sure. And a lot of it, I was able to like kind of glide through school and do yeah. pretty well without having to learn a lot or having to work very hard Sure, that feeling Um, of like I really want this I work for it I got it and I know it's because I worked exactly and uh like grad school was very much like oh I just showed up for two years and then Mm -hmm. they gave me a paper uh unfortunately it like wasn't 
like very expensive mm. or anything because it's in grad school they tend to like give you money for it oh, that's um, nice. so it, it like it's not like i'm like in debt now yeah um if i was in debt then then it you would emotionally would want to justify it <laughs> but but well, yeah <laughs> yeah but it is just like so then what was the point of any of this um you know this is really what's really interesting to me is um i know that's the d paper or the d video was so long ago but mm-hmm. even in that moment it kind of um reinforces this narrative of like when you do want something and and it's not hard it doesn't quite feel like it matters but then when you did work for it it still ended up being something out of your control that got mm-hmm. you the d in that situation so it almost feels like oh what is the point because yeah. um it's it's not you're not feeling like this direct correlation to your yeah. effort yeah and it goes the other way too when you do well and you didn't put an effort yeah yeah i would say that's true i don't know that that moment was like the defining moment when yeah. that crystallized for me i think that maybe I mean, it, that may have been the inciting incident for me to to adopt this like yeah. very unhelpful worldview. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, don't think I think it's that not more came from like the the years of like chipping away at comedy and writing and everything and being like, what is <laughs> all of this is opaque? None of us know how this works. Um, but uh, I feel like this, just side note, I am so sweaty. Is it? Do you want like, me to turn the fan no, over? No, 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 no. This is good. Uh, I just feel like I'm like getting my sweat on your nice no, apartment. <laughs> my, it is very hot in here and um, I apologize. No. Um, what, uh, okay. So yes, I, I, for, wow. I really, my ADHD is really strong today. Well, I derailed the whole conversation <laughs> no, when no, no, I no. felt my t-shirt and was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, no, I mean, I actually think this is really interesting and maybe why I feel like I'm like, I don't have like immediate follow-ups is cause it's stuff that I'm like, Oh, you know what? I don't, like, I haven't thought about this, but a lot of it's mm-hmm. r- ringing really true to me, too, because I think I try really hard in the last few years to try to give my life meaning. But I think mm-hmm. ultimately I've always kind of been more of a nihilist or like an exist- existentialist yeah. and not in a negative way. Not like we're all going to die. I mean, we yeah, are I think all- that's the problem with talking about like nihilism and existential philosophy is so much it, like the popular interpretation of it is like a depressing one <laughs> when it's not necessarily um well gives you a little bit of freedom to know if nothing matters you can do anything you want Mm -hmm. but it can also be really um scary Mm because i I mean i often struggle with impulsive uh impulses i guess Mm -hmm. like sometimes i'll be like maybe i'll just move to new york or maybe i'll just Mm -hmm. move to berlin like i want to just do something it's not even crazy people move every day it's not crazy to move but the idea of just doing something where you uproot your life and Mm -hmm. change everything you've worked towards yeah just to shake it up um to me, I always have impulses to do that. And I don't you know. know. I, I think that impulse was sort of what brought me. Cause like my grad school application process was one day I was like, I think I need to change everything in my life because <laughs> I'm so unhappy. And then it, I decided like applications are due like, you know, December 15th or whatever. And uh-huh. I think I decided that on November 1st. Oh wow. Uh, Cause I remember it was, it was something I was sort of already thinking about and then Trump got elected mm. and then it was like, okay, yeah, this seems like a thing to do. Uh, and so then I had like a month to put the applications together. So as, 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 you know, impulsive as, as a decision to go to grad school for two years can be, mine was, um, and then I got out here and it worked for a while and I felt so much better and I was like, yes, I'm doing the right yeah. thing. And then slowly I started feeling the way that I felt before. And so back to therapy, now what I work on a lot is like, I want to get to the point where I don't feel this way after I achieve my dreams you know I think Uh a thing that will likely happen to me is I will get something cool and it'll fix everything 
for three weeks and then I'm right. going to go back to feeling the way I feel now. Well, um, then I think it's, I, I think it's more than just asking yourself what you want now. Mm-hmm. Like there are of course concrete goals in standup that a lot of people have like late night says, get a staff writing mm-hmm. job, whatever. But those things oftentimes are just like one little thing mm-hmm. in the grant. Like you, you know, you got to do the next one after that. So mm-hmm. I think maybe what it is is figuring out like on a larger scale, like what is it that you want? Like, what do you see your life as? Outside of the, like, oh, I got a credit here. And, like, mm-hmm. what is the person? Like, who is Nicole when, I don't know, when she has what she wants? Do you have any answers? Because I don't. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, the one thing that I told myself for a long time was, like, I want a dog. And that mm-hmm. was, like, outside of career or whatever. But what that symbolized to me was, like, I was doing well enough to have a dog. And I'm yeah. stable enough to take care of something and keep it alive. And I know I have one. Well, he's under my chair. Oh, and I have one now. Okay. Um, but that helped a lot because mm. giving myself a thing that's like, I've always envisioned myself as nurturing and taking care of a thing. And that feels really far away from where I am now, like where I was when I moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that wasn't about like, I got a thing. What's next? It was like, this is a constant thing. Like how mm-hmm. I see myself in life, like living day to day. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps at all, but like just envisioning like, okay, let's say you got every single goal you've ever every award mm-hmm. and every whatever but now what is like your day not not like wake up go write a thing but like mm-hmm. how how do you exist in the world yeah i don't know I'll work have you ever it. thought yeah. about it no a little bit i mean i think the thing is like my like i am in many ways living my best life right now i mean you seem it's, so there's that, there's that parable that everybody i listen to a lot of like real bullshit productivity podcasts okay and a lot of time i Checks listen to out. them Checks out. I listen to good ones, but more so I listen to ones that I know are bad because I love, (laughs) I love, love listening to somebody try to be a productivity guru. There's so many podcasts where people are like, let me tell you how to succeed in your business. Like I succeeded in my business. And it's always like, what what is your business? What's your business? You've never once said what your business is. My business is selling podcasts and toothbrushes. I know so many, I listen to so many podcasts with people who are like, let me tell you about business. And I think their business is just talking to people about business. That's like, what is this bizarre universe? I'm (laughs) obsessed with it. But in like all of these good ones and bad ones at some point, they always reference this parable. That's like, uh, you know, um, in, uh, there were two men in Spain and one was like a powerful businessman and the other was like a poor fisherman and a powerful businessman is asked like, why do you like, why do you work every day? Why are you working so hard? He's like, I work so hard because one day I want to retire and I want to, uh, you know, I want to fish a little bit. I want to come home, uh, take a nap with my wife, and then I want to eat dinner and go to bed early or whatever. And then the <laughs> the fisherman, the professional fisherman who's really poor is asked that. And he's like, how come you're not working? How come you don't work more? And he's like, because all I want to do in life is I want to go out and fish huh. a little bit. I want to take a nap with my wife. I want to eat dinner and I want to go to bed early mm. or whatever. And it's the same. And it's like, well, just be the fisherman. Why bother, <laughs> you know, waiting 60 years to retire to be that because it matters um, what people think, Nicole. I know, it really I know. Does. Um, but uh. I think like right now I am sort of doing the thing of like, I work a very little bit. I see my friends. I do comedy at night. I like, yeah. uh, you know, make food that I like and I go to bed early. Um, honestly, I'd be doing better at comedy if I didn't go to bed so early. No, you know <laughs> what you are describing is like people taking these extremes. It's similar to the idea of like, if I get one thing, it'll fix everything. Mm-hmm. I think the reality lies somewhere in the middle. Like I think having goals and ambitions, are not bad at all. Yeah. And it's okay to be the businessman. And also, um, you can be both at once. Yeah. You can be the businessman who finds your own little fishing within your life mm-hmm. and then hopes to work towards that point to get mm-hmm. to be the fisherman all the time. Um, but yeah, but that's the truth is like, as much as we want to be like, 
bad to want money. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that's, I don't think it's bad to right. want to succeed and be liked by people in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Not like at a, not like a step on people and, you know, you know, ruin the country like our president is doing, but like <laughs> there's ways, there's ways to be a good person and also like want to succeed. I don't think having things implies bad character. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it, like, uh, I was talking to somebody, this was a few years ago. I gotta be vague about this person also, but I, they were, <laughs> name, name, they stuff. had just gotten a comedy central half hour. Mm. So that's going to narrow it down considerably. Okay. Uh, and actually it wasn't even them. It was a friend of theirs. And I was like, Oh, so-and-so got a half hour. That's amazing. I'm mm-hmm. so pumped for them. Uh, and their friend said to me, it's like, yeah, but they told me they're not even getting any traction off of it. They're not getting like auditions or what I'm like, the <laughs> was the half hour why was oh, like i grew up watching like yeah. i got into comedy because i grew up watching comedy central half hours like that's the top of the mountain like you did yeah. it um and it's i don't know that's just the thing i've been thinking about recently that's like so do you always have to have a goal <laughs> or can you just be like i did it <laughs> you could just be like i take did a nap it. with my wife now yeah i mean you can be but look at someone like adam sandler who at many points of his career probably could have stopped if he wanted to yeah. but like i think it's like yeah he enjoys doing comedy i mean he came yeah. out last year with a special because i think genuinely wanted to do yeah. it yeah so i don't know there's no answer i mean if you guys know the answer to happiness please yeah, let text me, know. me and actually maybe i don't want it can you imagine <laughs> if i was happy god i'd be a nightmare <laughs> you would i would truly <laughs> be the worst you know i'd be posting on instagram just like just live life and be blessed mm-hmm. i know that because my sister does that <laughs> <laughs> your sister's just the happy version of no you. <laughs> she i mean we she has her struggles too but i and i think that is one thing i i joke about a lot on stage but i, I do look up to her for being able to like see the positive mm-hmm. side of things um so it's not a bad thing look wow i really we really broke it down and did nothing at all yeah i think we like unraveled (laughs) a lot of stuff and then don't really have a conclusion at the end of it which is uh you know sort of a reflection of the life view that we were talking about earlier so oh but i want okay so just to conclude your the heroin story because she she got into heroin went away and then how she she, like was pulled out of school i think did a few stints in rehab um Obviously, I kind of fell out of touch with her. She, like, deleted all social media. I weirdly found her on LinkedIn recently. Wow. Is she um, selling Herbalife? No, she wasn't. She is. Uh, last I checked, she was, like, a restaurant manager of a number okay. of restaurants in uh, a vacation hotspot. Uh, oh, cool. Which I will also be vague about. Uh-huh. Um, and she seems to, like, really want to, like, be a professional woman who like she is a career restaurant like oh good for her maybe we'll one day open a restaurant or if not just lead that life where you don't have to open a restaurant you can just be happy working at one that Mm -hmm. we just were talking about yeah two minutes ago uh but yeah she seems to be doing really well um i didn't like try to connect with her on linkedin Uh or anything because i'm you didn't endorse her for her for heroin no uh, (laughs) Um, no you know at linkedin you can just endorse people for skills and it doesn't even really ask you like there's no you can i could literally just endorse someone for like horseback riding if i wanted to um (laughs) yeah but she seems to be doing really well um and she lives like uh in a new cool place i think uh i get sort of the sense just based on like what I know about her from high school and like now she is in this like tourist spot. Uh, I kind of get the sense that she needed to completely remove herself Just from the say entire Trump towers okay. situation. Yeah. It's uh, Trump. She's uh, my working for Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Um, um, no, but she, I think is like doing well and I think like had like a happy ending to the story. Good. Yeah. Look, things come around. Yeah. 
Um, well, I'm glad that your um, your negligence did not <laughs> <laughs> affect her so negatively. Uh, <laughs> um, I have a quick game. Would you like to play? I would love to play. Okay. This is called, did a professional athlete say this? Or was it a pageant queen competing to be the next miss? Great. Um, pretty straightforward. Um, I know that you enjoy sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> you just gave me the saddest look. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Because like, I worked mm-hmm. it for a bunch of sports websites because oh. it was a job, and now everybody's like, that you're a sports you're expert, sports. and I'm like, Man. No, but you wrote sports in your spank. You did a whole sports spank. I did. That I was in. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't just assume this of you because yeah, I wrote you a whole are sports a personal spank trainer. And in it, you played an anthropomorphic piano. piano yeah. It's not like it was about sports. Peak of my career. Um, uh, well, this isn't going to get too much into trivia or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, if thespian Sandra Bullock has taught us anything, um, well, the pageants and sports are not so different, you know, because she famously starred in both a pageant movie and and an athlete where uh, she mentored, yeah, where she mentored a professional athlete. (laughs) And she's also in the Killers. Um, she's ghostwritten some songs (laughs) for them. So you know, you know, ladies competing for sashes and tiaras are Mm -hmm. just linebackers in a parallel universe. Um. Anyways, they all uh, like to make quotes, you know, in public. So, mm-hmm. but could you tell the difference? Who knows? I'm going to read we'll you see. a quote and then you just Great. have to guess if it's a professional athlete or, or a pageant, a pageant queen. queen. Pretty straightforward. You get it. Here's the first one. Here's a quote. Over the years, my beliefs have changed about many different things. I used to feel sleep was not mandatory. Sleep when you're dead. No, thanks. I sleep so I can live. Just one of the many things that can evolve. Constantly look within, know who you are and know who you are not. Was this a professional athlete or a pageant queen? Boy, it could be either. I'm going to say athlete because Kobe notoriously slept like four hours a night. (laughs) You're correct about the category, the athlete you're wrong about, but um, good inference. It's actually John Cena and he tweeted this. Yeah. So, you know, he used to be a party boy. John Cena really straddles the line between pageant queen and athlete, I would say. True. You know what? Wrestling is the pageant of sports. Yeah. So there you go. Um, uh, Okay. Here's the next one. A dream is a picture of a possibility. We should have a strong heart and be pre- and a prepared mind to turn that into reality. Was this a pageant queen or a professional athlete? I'm going to go athlete again. No, ah. you're wrong. It is a pageant queen. This is Pia Wurtzbach, which is, who was Miss Universe in 2015. Good for her. Good for her. Okay, next. I think it's great to be flawed. I am hugely flawed and I like it this way. That's the fun of life. You fall, get up, make mistakes, learn from them, be human, and be you. Who said this? Pageant queen. Correct. Yeah. Famous pageant queen Priyanka Chopra, who was Miss World 2000. I forgot about that. Yeah. So some of them make it to fame. Okay. Next one. Be the best version of yourself in anything that you do. You don't have to live anybody else's story. Who said this? Pageant queen or professional athlete? Athlete. Correct. Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're doing pretty good at this. Okay. If you get this next one, you win the game. Okay. This is for... 100 points. <laughs> oh, <right>. boy. 100 <laughs> points on the line. Here's the quote. I think in politics, half the people are going to like you and half the people are not going to like you. No matter what you do or what you say, it's like there are no right answers. If there were, everyone would choose the right answers. They're all opinions. Who said this? A pageant queen or a professional athlete? Woof. I'm going to guess. <sighs> See, it sounds like something a pageant queen would say during an answer on stage. Or after a controversy when she said something bad. But I'm going to guess it was an athlete. And I'm going to guess it was during the uproar about kneeling during the national anthem. Ooh, 
Good guess. You got it correct. I actually don't think it was about that, but it's Tom Brady. And I think okay. it was in response to Deflategate. Yeah. Well, and his support of Trump. our oh, president, sure. Donald Trump. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, wow. With 102.3. I don't know. You you won the game. Ding, ding, ding. Yay, Nicole. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we are very understaffed here. There are no scorekeepers, but I can tell you <laughs> for sure you won the game. You're a champion. Good for me. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on the podcast. Is uh, Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Nicole Conlon or on Instagram at the Nicole Conlon. If any of you know the 14-year-old girl in Australia who took uh-huh. at Nicole Conlon and hasn't used the account for years, I would love to have it. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, Maybe they can find me in those places. Heroin. Or you can find me at uh, UCB on August 20th, UCB Sunset, for a show called Public Displays of Affection. Go see Nicole's show Please. on August 20th. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. This has been You Can Tell Me Anything. You can follow us at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram or follow me at Larissa T. Goodbye.